is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. Here we are again, still recording from the Ferris wheel at the Smogville World Fair. It is... World Champion Podcast. My name is Brighton. And I am Sean. We are two gentlemen who signed a bad contract to become the official podcast of the mysterious Smogwheel World's Fair. Our job is simple. To create the greatest podcast of all time, trapped in a Ferris wheel, with no hope of escape. We talk about the only things we understand. Fringe and forgotten pop culture, that is... Mysteries of the Mysterious, mini-music movies, heavy metal, oily gentlemen. Right. Public television. Toy collecting, maybe? Just, yeah. Star Trek. Throw it in there. What else do we talk about? Whatever we damn well please. Yes! That's the answer I was going for. That's the attitude I like. That's the right... This is the Attitude Era. (laughs) This is the Attitude Era. That's that classic Sean Black Attitude Mm -hmm. Era. That's right. Yeah. Now, if you could stop... Just stop pointing at your crotch. I get it. Mm-hmm. You have you have an attitude. It's more of a karate chop towards my crotch. Yeah, stop karate chopping your the top of your top thigh. of my thighs. I get it. You're a badass. Mm-hmm. You got a devil may care attitude. Well, I gotta I gotta spread the word. Yeah, but uh, anyway, more information on our show at WorldChampionPodcast.com. Of course, you know what I like about our podcast? No two episodes are the same. It's true. <laughs> Like we, we've a, tried to do that. We've tried to actually recreate an episode, talk about the same subject, try to use the same terms verbatim. Well, sometimes... It's hard. The podcast world is really tough because we're recording, we're speaking into microphones. We don't have a live audience most of the time. Mm-hmm. We don't know who's out there or how many people are out there. Thankfully, we do know where you are. Thanks, everyone, who's responded to our Smogville census survey on oh, Facebook. Yeah. If you haven't done that yet, go to Facebook and tell us where you're located. Uh, well, not... <laughs> Not just Facebook. Go to Facebook and then specifically the World Champion Podcast section. That's right. Because um, we just never know if you're out there. But every once in a while, we'll get a lot of feedback about a particular episode. And we'll mm-hmm. think, hey, let's hit that well again. Right. You know how some bands just kind of release a similar sounding song? or We've got to go back to that well. Even if it comes out different, we, we, the water, even if the water is dirty, we, we, we go to the same well. We go to the same well. So, yeah, we tried to, to recreate an episode because we thought if it's a hit now... Mm-hmm. It'll be a hit next Thursday. Yeah, it's what's it called? Like re, redo, redux, maybe redois? we should a redois. It's called redois. Mm-hmm. But do you think maybe we should try a remix episode sometime? Remix? Where? Yeah, I like it. We can get other podcasters to remix it mm-hmm. and um, then release it. Okay, I, I and then yeah, okay. <laughs> See that part? That part right there was remixed. I, I said a full sentence, but they just did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh huh. Am I thinking? Yeah, okay. It takes a lot of talent to do your own real time remix. Mm-hmm, it does. But that's that's that Sean Black game. That's right. It's, it's off the chain, man. Re- it is off the chain. <laughs> real time remix. Uh, well, felt real cool to say that. By the way, real natural off to, the chain. To say off the chain, we say it all the time. Well, we just got these leather jackets. 
Yes. So we've been wearing them around, even though it is August and Smogville is very hot because that layer of smog and pollution mm-hmm. traps in the sun. And then that layer of, of leather and, and cloth traps in the sweat and heat. Yeah. I, I, I'll, there's only one clothing store here in Smogville, mm-hmm. and it's called Woolworths. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a Woolworths, like the classic old department store, but it's Woolworths, and they just only sell wool and britches. Yeah, they do have the Jay Leno collection, though, which I really like most of the stuff in that. They're really puffy. you got some pleated pants that are kind of oversized. Yeah, um, and a leather jacket, but that's like a really puffy one. It's, it's yeah, puffy, it, it short fits one. weird. It's, it's kind of baggy if a leather jacket. You know, it's not like you, you think of leather jackets. You think of the Ramones, tight leather jackets. They look really cool. Yeah. These are more kind of puffy. They, they got to trap in that, that pollution and that air and heat <laughs> yeah. and sweat and all that. I'd like to get one of those uh, sort of Al Pacino leather jackets that's like shiny, boxy leather with really broad shoulders that goes down to about mid-thigh. Yeah. I, I, I like with my leather... a le- really wide collar. It's, for me, the big test of whether or not a leather jacket's cool and something that should be worn is if you can get your knees into it. If you can kind of get, you know, if your legs are cold, just bunch them up towards your body and you still get your leather jacket over those knees, that's, that's the right amount of bagginess you want in yeah. it. If you want to look cool, like that old-time rock and roll. If you Real want, cool. Like leather. Yeah. Hand me my jacket. It's the one made out of leather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boiled leather. You familiar with the term boiled leather? Only in Dungeons & Dragons. Yes. Uh, well, that's going to lead us to, um, to our, our first topic of the day. Oh. Yeah, one of our classic segments, Mysteries of the Mysterious. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. I never played Dungeons and Dragons, but that's only because I couldn't find anyone to play with as when I was at my peak D&D. I loved Led Zeppelin shirts. I had a Dungeons and Dragons video game on the Intellivision. I even would collect, well, I collected some of those little pewter figurines that you'd paint, but more than that, I collected the catalogs for them. Oh, cool. (laughs) And was always looking through them thinking of how cool these things were. And the catalogs would show these little pewter figures all painted by professionals. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. Did you ever try to paint those things? Oh, yeah. I, I was the opposite. I did literally nothing but Dungeons and Dragons yeah. in, in my teenage years. I and, painted a few of them, and but I painted they never turned out that good. My, I was pretty good at it, actually. You're an artist. I am an artist, and, and my, I still have a few of them. But they are n- even my best work was not quite the catalog image <laughs> yeah. or the box art. Which was done by a some kind of genius. They yeah. were incredible. I'm going to c- start collecting pictures of pewter figurines and coloring them in Photoshop. That could work, but it also could be just as disastrous. <laughs> it probably would be. It's yeah. not like I'm a Photoshop They're master. Like, oh, what, did you, what is that? You did this in Mario Paint? It looks great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got sort of a real-life Dungeons & Dragons for you then. Of course, Mysteries of the Mysterious, I think the title... Uh, Makes it pretty clear what it is. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know why I started talking. Because I was going to describe the segment, but I don't know how to do that other than saying this is where we discuss mysterious mysteries. If nothing else, it's an intriguing title. It's, it's, it's mysterious. Oh, it's right up there with the Night Gallery, the X-Files, mm-hmm. the so, Night Stalker. Yeah, it's, it's in that vein. The Unexplained, In Search Of. Is that the one with Mr. Spock? I don't know. It's called the one with Mr. Spock is Star Trek. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I meant the one with Leonard Nimoy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's in search of. 
So um, this article comes to us from British Library, britishlibrary.typepad.co.uk. Mm-hmm. We all go there. All the time. It's, a, it's a, a sort of a blog from a group of medieval manuscript study enthusiasts? people. Enthusiasts. Like historians, like actual educated historians who study manuscripts and have access to them. From the Dark Ages. Yeah, from the Dark Ages. So they were looking at medieval genealogical roles from the 13th century. So that's 1200 mm-hmm. uh, A.D., CE, I've always hated that. that. I've always hated that how the, that the century, century is different from the... It, it confused me my entire childhood. Oh, the 19th century. That must be 1900 to 2000. No. No, no, no. That's the 1800s, yeah, clearly. That's, that's when the Civil War happened in the 19th century. Yeah. Why can't we just pick one? I don't know. And then make a match. Like, let's just call it the 21st century and then just go ahead and start numbering it 2117. I, I sort of assume it's like how magazines are done when they're put on the, the newsstand they're they're two months in the future. So that you, is weird. Why so is you that go, too? Yeah, you go to get your March issue of Mad Magazine. It's actually it says May on the cover. Yeah. I, I don't know, it's the same exact concept. I guess if you're reading magazines from the April era, it's actually Boy, February. The, you know, I might want to call an Audible and examine that mystery instead. That's a mystery that actually affects our lives. I think it's so you can leave it on the newsstand for a long time and it seems current. But then one comes out next month that's also three months ahead. It probably has something to do with, with back in the day when, when things weren't as reliable with transportation of goods. So you lived in I some small, it. sleepy oh, yeah. town and you wouldn't get, you know, your Life magazine was once every six months that someone would come through with a shipment. So it's possible it wouldn't, they'd ship it out in March and it wouldn't even arrive until June. Yeah. So they'd just go ahead and put June on there, yeah, just go- in case. It's going on a steam locomotive. <laughs> That's true. And then I don't even know how it gets from the train to the small town, I guess on a horse. Yeah. Or a, a mule. Horse, maybe a big dog. The big, yeah, but a big dog. So they're studying manuscripts, and uh, one of the historians, a medieval uh studying guy, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me clarify that. For lack of a better word that I know, there's definitely a better word for it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was the term for a man, you script studier. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, so he noticed something drawn into the margins of one of these things, like a doodle, like you would find in your textbook. Or like, like uh, the margins that Sergio Aragonis does in Mad Magazine. Exactly. Thank you. Very much so. Um, so he sees this thing, and he's just kind of baffled by it. His colleagues are also baffled. What they're baffled by is that this is the first time he's seen this, because it's something very common in these 14th and 13th century illuminated manuscripts. So, th- so they're baffled by his bafflement? They're baffled by the bafflement. Who baffles the baffler? That sounds like a mystery of the mysterious. Exactly. So... Um, you've seen these old-time illustrations, mm-hmm. illuminations, as they were, you know, crude, but surprisingly um, artistic little drawings. You know, the perspective might be weird, the anatomy might be off, but they have that certain quality that's very interesting. And, of course, you can see examples uh, on our Instagram right now at World Champion Pod. Uh, you might be familiar with Henry Jones Sr. saying, May he who illuminated this oh, yeah. illuminate me. So these are knights straight out of Dungeons and Dragons. I'll describe some of them to you. I mean, uh, this, this one in particular is, is a knight 
charging in with his sword. His, his torso's leaning forward. He's, he's obviously dashing and daring. Um, there's another one with a knight delicately balanced on a, on a tree branch. Don't look at them yet. Oh, okay. Don't look at them. Yeah, don't look at them yet. Delicately balanced on a tree branch. He's got this sort of lavender overcoat or his chain mail. He's hoisting his sword back over his head, ready for a powerful blow. Um, he's holding a weird shield that has a sad-looking face on it. Um, here's a knight on horseback. Here's a knight who has lion legs and dragon wings charging in with a big lance. I could go on and on and on and on. Some of these knights look uh, fearsome. Some of them look afraid. Uh, here's one where it's a monkey knight. All of these knights are f- going up against a snail. What do you mean a snail? I mean these are pictures of knights attacking snails. Are the snails the same size as the knights? I'm glad you asked that. Sometimes they're very large. Sometimes they're normal snail-sized. <laughs> okay. Huh. Sometimes the knights look scared. Sometimes they're, they're going uh, headlong into this. This is, this is kind of baffling me. Here's the mystery. Take a drink. My mind has been blown. Tons of these. There's, there's so many of these. that They're very common, and they've been studied. In different manuscripts. In different manuscripts uh, throughout England, but from different time periods from a couple, 200 years or so. Oh, wow. Nobody knows what these mean. Okay. There's a lot of theories, but there's nothing. These are all just completely pulled out of thin air kind of theories. And there's no reference anywhere to these. No, nothing written down from no. the time saying, how do you like my little snail drawing joke? <laughs> nothing like nothing. that. Yeah, nothing like, ah, oh, the, the Celtics would be such as snails. Would they be so cowardly? Yeah. Nothing like that. Um, so theories are that, okay, a couple of them, of the earlier dating ones, were scrawled in Bibles by uh, the Psalms. Specifically a psalm about resurrection. So they're like, oh, maybe the snail represents resurrection. Oh, that's interesting. How does the snail represent resurrection? Oh, uh, uh, um, So there's just been so much. I mean, they've been discussing this since 1850 is kind of when they first started studying these. The Um, mid-19th century. The mid-19th century. Someone named Comte de Bastard. A, a, Real name. a scholar, yeah, Comte de Bastard, or Bastard, I guess, um, thought, oh yeah, thought they represented the resurrection, I'm sorry, not because of the Psalms, but because they were close to uh, images of the raising of Lazarus. What do you mean this, how, how so are they, they close th- to it? Like they were drawn next to a passage oh, describing, next to. yeah, describing the raising of Lazarus. Consistently. Yeah, well, no, just two of them were. Two of the earlier ones were. So Comte de Bastard thought maybe that has something to do with it. It's kind of a stretch. It, well, yeah, they're all a stretch. Uh, Knight versus Snail might be a representation of the struggles of the poor against an oppressive aristocracy. Represented by snails? Well, I, yeah, and I also I don't know which one is the snail and which one is... <laughs> which is, is the snail an aristocracy? It must be. I can't imagine a, a working knight be, uh, with monkey legs being... How they represented rich people. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. I mean, uh, a commentary on social climbers and snails are garden pests. It um, could be that they lounge about in their homes on their backs. <laughs> okay. I, li- I like where you're going with that. I don't know. It's, um, it could it's, be a stretch. It's thought that they represent the Lombards. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that part of your back. <laughs> 
Lumbar. Yeah, I, I'm familiar. Exactly, because to carry around a shell that's three times as big as you on your back it's is obviously putting uh, extreme stress extreme on the lumbar. Stress. And this is before the lumbar yard chair store existed mm-hmm. or relax the back store. No, the lumbar. Like, there's no sharper image in medieval England that I'm aware of. Oh, sharper image the store. Yeah. Yeah. Where no, the, I don't think with so. With those chairs you can sit in and they massage your backs. Yeah, oh, all sorts of cool stuff. What, your backs. I was going to say backs. What would they sell at a medieval sharper image? It like would, boiled leather. It would like be weird like. Weird stuff, like a boiled leather bonnet. Well, I think it would be something to sharpen your knife, but it's like three sharpening stones that are connected, so you kind of just stick your knife in it. Oh, so you sharpen. only need one stone. Yeah, so you can sharpen it without really using your, holding the stone with your hand. You just kind of stick your sword in it. It's going to have conveniences like that. It's going to have yeah. something that, uh, you know, g- a really solid stand to put your scarecrow in. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be uh, an easy way to hang your, your banners on things, you know, like a really... Like, like a pulley system. So yeah. you don't have to climb up there to hang mm-hmm. your banners anymore. Yeah. Well, that would be really nice. Yeah. And a little robot dog. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, the, the Lombards were um, a people, a Germanic people, who were hated for being treasonous and villainous. So they thought maybe the snails represent the Lombards, like just a little yeah. shorthand. Like, Do snails have a bad reputation, really, though? I know they're not good for your garden. And Are you, they? Or I thought you were supposed to put snails in your oh garden. Oh, no, they're then bad. They, oh, okay. You, you're supposed to put out uh, little trays with beer in them. Oh, you're supposed to put ladybugs in your garden because yeah, they ladybugs eat aphids good. or something. Yeah, no, snails are the worst thing you can have in your garden. You, you put trays of beer out, and then they get in the beer and drown. That <laughs> sounds like a fine ending to me. Uh, sounds like he's drowned all his troubles. <laughs> uh, but no, no one, no, nobody knows. And I'll, I'll, show you, I'll go ahead and show you some of these here. Uh, any, any theories? Do you think this is one that we're going to solve? I think, gosh, well, I have a theory about snails. I was thinking, what a handy thing that would be. Can you imagine if you're going out for a night of drinking, right? You're going to drown your sorrows in some beer. You go out, and you have, your, you have your home with you. Boy, yeah, forget Uber. Yeah, you just pass out. You just kind of lay backwards, and you're in your house. That's wow. all you have to do. That's, yeah. like, the snails are pretty smart. Like, That's true. There is no drunk, drunk sliming, whatever they, they ooze or around i don't know what you call it but there's no there's no drunk driving in the snail world <laughs> oh so the drunk sli- sliming yeah drunk sliming so they get pulled over by a slug for drunk and sliming right but but and it, they're like but it's Osh- never happened but Osifer, i'm already home. but Osifer, how can i be drunk driving when i'm already in my house and then they just kind of <laughs> suck <laughs> in yeah then they just kind of suck inside and the slug's like you got me i can't charge him he's not in a moving vehicle he's in his home he's in his own home he has the right to get drunk <laughs> That's a good point. There's a bar I frequent by my home that has a uh, trailer parked, like a like a mobile home parked in the parking lot. And it's a modern-day snail. Right, it's a modern-day snail. I assumed it was the owner because it's there every night forever. Oh, no. Sometimes there's a light on, sometimes there's not. And so I said to the owner, whose trailer is that? And they said, huh, you know, I don't really know. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah, so in the years that that mobile home's been parked in the parking lot, they've never checked to see who's in it in, on their property. Not only have they never checked, it's never occurred to them to check. Right. Which seems like, well, maybe there's no, no harm, no foul, because whoever's causing trouble in the bar is already home. Exactly. 
So you can't so kick them out. You, you can't kick them out of the bar. They're like, how am I having? You know, how did I cause a fight in the bar when I'm home right now? So the snails represent uh, safety in a, in a much larger way, drunken revelry, huh? and and so because they carry their home on their backs more than anything else, they value the party. They value revelry, Dionysian drunkenness. The knights, of course, are valid or uh, not valid, valiant. Uh, of course, in the time they were all Christian. Mm-hmm. So virtue, honor, uh, humility, not going out and getting so drunk that it's a better option to you to carry your home on your back mm-hmm. than just drink a little bit less. I would almost argue that the opposite, that the snails represent safety and, and responsibility. And these wild knights, they're, they're human. Sometimes they got dragon wings. Some, oh, sometimes they're monkeys. Sometimes they're monkeys. Sometimes, they, you know, they... And they are troublemakers. Like the the night represents trouble. The trouble you, you'll get into if you go out drinking and you don't have your home with you. Interesting. So it could go either way. Well, this is another uh, Siskel and Ebert one thumb up, one thumb down kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm we're gonna, we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. But since we know that one of those is the right solution, do you think we mark this one solved? Oh, easily. Okay. It, yeah, that was actually one of our easiest. That ones. was pretty easy and quick. Once the snail metaphor made sense. With the in the context of drinking and all that and driving and all that kind of stuff, it's uh, yeah, stamp it. Well, that's great. I love it when we get things out of the way early. I know it feels good. It does. So I think uh, it's now time. What is it time for? I would say it's time for a mini music movie. I want my mini music movies. And this is our segment where we talk about those mini music movies that used to be on MTV and other channels that showed those type of shows. And we're, gonna, we're just going to break it down. We're going to see if it, it holds up, if it's good. Yeah, and there's not really any rhyme or reason to this. We're just picking hopefully famous, iconic music videos that you've all seen. The only, yeah, the only rhyme and reason we have is these are actually mini music movies. Thank you. Oh, gosh. I know we watched Ben-Hur, and I thought, this does not qualify. It's too long. <laughs> it's too long. The songs aren't catchy enough. No, the songs are just like... Bum, 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 yeah. Bum, bum, bum. No lyrics. A lot, you know, there's chariots in it. and No. No, it does not qualify at all. Uh, and, of course, if you follow us on Facebook, and you'll notice I've mentioned Facebook a thousand times because mm-hmm. I really want um, to get some fan interaction on social media. Yeah, there you go. We've already told you what video to watch in advance of this. Mm-hmm. Of course, this week's... Is Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Now, if you were alive in 1996, I'm guessing. I'm going to guess 96 as well, and I'm going to guess that it's 94. Oh! Wow, even earlier than that. Wow. Everywhere. It was on every yeah. radio station. It was on MTV constantly. It, yeah, if you existed and you had eyes and ears, you have seen this video or at the very least heard this song. Yeah. Now, Soundgarden was kind of, I mean... They're part of the original wave of grunge bands. Chris Cornell was in Singles, the movie. Grunge is an interesting thing because it wasn't a music genre as much as a location. Yeah, and a lot of the bands do not sound that similar. Well, that's what I mean. They're just, yeah. They just geographically were similar. Yeah, they're loud, but uh, yeah, Alice in Chains, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam... Nirvana, obviously. Nirvana, of course. Uh, Mud Honey was thrown in there. Yeah, Even Mud Honey. They're very different. The, Di- Mel- the Melvins. The Melvins. Uh, Dinosaur Jr., mm-hmm. which, I mean, I guess a lot of them have loud, gruff voices. Dinosaur Jr. doesn't really have that. 
Yeah, but Soundgarden are more like a classic rock band. They're much more like Led Zeppelin than the Pixies. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and they didn't quite hit the fame of Pearl Jam and Nirvana. They were pretty close. I would but they say were they were close. close. Yeah, they, no, they were close. Specifically when this music video came out. It, it's, yeah. It was constantly on TV. Yeah. Um, it's a great song. Real chunky guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's got that haunting, like sort of wailing... Well, I don't know what that effect is called, where, it's, where it's have, like got that vibrato it, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's kind of, I think it's called a tremolo pedal. It's something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. Something I, like that. It's similar to, it kind of has a similar sound as the uh, Come As You Are guitar yeah, sound. Yeah, that like, wow, wow. It's kind of like a, or are you talking about the... Not even that, not even like a, the opening thing is that high note. No, it's not a wah, though. It's not a wah, wah pedal? It's like a trilling kind of. This is great. This is a great part of the segment is trying to describe musical sounds when we don't know anything about them. <laughs> I think people kind of get it. No, if they you, definitely if, know if what we're you, talking if about. If you've heard this song, you get it. Yeah. And we should point out that Chris Cornell is probably the strongest vocalist of that whole group. He, yeah. If you can wow. think of someone who could actually sing. Yeah. He's got quite the pipes on him. Yeah, and this is an interesting song because it's maybe the first Soundgarden single and video where he's not doing his scream singing. Mm-hmm. He's he's just kind of singing normally. He almost even he's doubled up. Sounds a little bit maybe like an Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, he's got he's got a kind. Yeah, that's that's not a bad comparison. He does do a little bit of the screaming singing as a backup vocal to the vocals towards the end. Yeah, when it's getting really, which is super getting, interesting. Getting too. really wild. I know. Yeah. I, it it was it was really interesting actually to watch this after not seeing it for years, but seeing it a zillion times. Yeah, because it really. It is a pretty cool song, and it's a pretty cool music video. This video is the perfect nightmare mm-hmm. video. If it qualified, I'd say it's one of the best horror movies of all time at I, four minutes long. Because holy smokes. Yeah, let's, let's describe some of what you would see. So wow. you've got Soundgarden themselves. They are playing in like a field with the wind blowing on them, and then there's clouds flying through the sky behind them. It's a really windy day. Yeah, very windy. Very, very, very windy. Very blustery. Um, this video, by the way, has uh, 62 million views on YouTube. Yeah. That's, for, for this version of the upload. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of, lot of eyeballs on this. And speaking of eyeballs, everyone's eyeballs and mouths in this video, mouths, yeah. are stretching and distorting. The eyes are getting big. It's got a lot of people in kind of suburbia. Yeah, like and, er, suburban stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's grinning, and then there's some effect that must have been new in 1994. Computer effects. Yeah, where their eyes get just a little too big. Their mouths get a little too smiley and distorted. And it's, it's, this is actually the neighborhood that Edward Scissorhands moves into. Oh, totally, yeah. It's, it's just suburban families. And then there's some kind of religious cult guys with the end is near yeah. signs coming through town. There's like your classic, like evangelist looking guy. And then like a long bearded wild man. And it's true that the end is, is, is near because a black hole sun, a literal black hole sun is coming to town. Yeah. Which and, I had uh, forgotten about. I remembered all the stretching faces. I remembered Soundgarden playing in the wind, but I forgot that there is an actual sun that has a, it's like a donut, a, a, a volcanic donut. Well, here's what's interesting is they added that later because the song and video really? was such a hit that they went back and added the black hole sun. 
You're kidding. A, cu- a few weeks after it had debuted. So is yeah. there an original cut that's just people's faces stretching that's and all that? That's just the stretchy faces, yeah. I would like to see that cut. And think how freaky this was the first time you saw it. Because if you don't know that the stretchy faces are coming... Because well, they, they're staring right at the camera, grinning, and then suddenly it's like, whoop, stretchy face. Well, think about the first time you watched this and you were stoned. Like, this, I have a theory that this was made for people on drugs. Why would, I was just wondering this. Why do people on drugs want grotesque, horrifying things? Maybe they don't. Maybe this is to really freak them out. Oh, so it's an anti-drug message. It is. This is, this is very much a, a dare-to-resist-drugs thing. Yeah. Because it, it's kind of a dirty trick. Let's say... Let's say some goofball has been, been smoking on Chiba, and they sit down to watch the MTV, because that's what you do. <laughs> and then this clown is going to really get his comeuppance, because he's going to be sitting there terrified. This, not, this video comes on, and he, it scares him straight. Not such a groovy time now, is it? I know. This isn't as far out, or it's too far out, isn't it, buddy? So this, <laughs> this is like, have you ever seen Scared Straight, the documentary? Yeah. Where they take teenagers into... We should talk about that sometime. Oh, Where boy, they, yeah. They take teenagers into jail and have criminals yell at them. It's amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I, I was a big fan as a teenager. Yeah. Uh, not of going to jail and getting yelled at, but of watching other teenagers go to jail and getting yelled at. Yeah. We'll, 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 let's, let's bookmark this thought. <laughs> Definitely. I, I'd like to, to revisit this. Oh, that'd be great. But... Yeah, this this is scaring people straight. They're they're putting down the drugs, they're putting down the the jazz cigarettes and they are making I don't know what they're doing. They're doing they're being productive members of society. Yeah. No, absolutely. They're taking the the uh SATs. Yeah. I just I wrote down just some things. Uh happy weirdo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so everyone mowing their lawn, everyone just grinning, blissed out, uh chopping fish. There's a woman in her kitchen with a fish flopping around and she's got a big knife and she's grinning. Uh, Punisher shirt, because Chris Cornell's wearing a Punisher t-shirt. I was going to point that out. He is wearing the most 90s shirt you could possibly wear. Yeah. A, a big, oversized, kind of like skater t-shirt with yeah. a tiny little skull in the middle of the chest. Let's mention, too, the band looks really cool here. I, I had tons of shirts that looked like that Chris Cornell shirt. Yeah. But don't you think that the Soundgarden looked really Everyone cool? Everyone looks cool. You've got the guy. They look bored. They look uh, disinterested. They're like the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse whose job is to play the soundtrack to the end yeah, of the world. Yeah, the Black Hole Sun does not seem to bother them at no, all. No, they're completely emotionless. They're, they're still jamming in it. Even, in fact, they're kind of just singing into the wind. They don't, they, like, Chris Cornell doesn't give a damn about the Black Hole Sun. Yeah. He was expecting it, I guess, since he's singing a song about it. Yeah, no, they're the Four Horsemen. That's a good way to put it. And they're there to just usher it all in. And then you've got the, the, the guy, the drummer guy that looks like the kid from Sequest and Ladybugs. Oh, does. I'm glad yeah. you brought up Ladybugs because it looks like that, that kid that... Jonathan, the late Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, Jonathan Brandis. Then you've got the kind of skinny, sunken-in-cheek bassist who won't look at the camera. He's looking yeah. away. Yeah. You've got Chris Cornell who, you know, what can you say about him? He's the epitome of cool. And then that swarthy guitar player. Yeah, the guy with the big beard and long hair, kind of a haggard figure. Yeah. And he's, and he's playing the, the riffs. He's playing yeah. the licks. None of them could be bothered by this black hole sun coming at him. What else? Oh, there's an oily boy, an, an oily gentleman, an oiled boy doing push-ups while some old lady stares at him. Yeah, putting lipstick on, right? Or is that a different I old, don't, I don't old remember. freaky lady? If there's someone else putting lipstick on who covers her lips with lipstick and then just keeps going, that's always scary. Yeah. Uh, giant moths. The guy on all fours staring three inches away from the TV, grinning. Did you... I was curious if this was a commentary on, on just, I don't know, society or, or 
like squares. I mean, that was a big thing in the 90s, and I guess it still is, too, when you're trying to be edgy of, like, cookie-cutter suburbanism. Yeah. And that whole thing, that, like, American beauty thing of... Oh, yeah. Oh, everyone in their perfect little homes, their perfect teeth, but what dark secrets are they hiding? I, th- I think that's what this that's is. That's got to be a big part of it. Um, oh, and then, oh, that's so freaky. It's, this is a very Stephen King thing, where there's the girl in the ballet outfit, like, doing a weird little dance, and there's bees all around. And then the camera shows this dead beekeeper on the ground while she's dancing over him. And then the Barbie spinning around on the skewer melting mm-hmm. while the girl eats melted ice cream. Melted ice cream. Uh, yeah. Then there's, like, there, then there's the hot chick who's got yeah. a snake tongue and is eating moths out of the air. But she's also very, like, plastic Barbie doll hot chick. She's very, right. you know, she's very shallow and vapid. Yeah, I said hot chick in all caps. Yeah. Because that's, like, the, the Quote, name of the unquote. role. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the sleazy trailer guy, mm-hmm. who seems to be the only one who actually is frightened by the black hole sun. Well, there is the guy that's combing his hair. That's then, it. Yeah, that's sleazy. Oh, that's sleazy. Tra- that's why I call sleazy trailer guy. Whose whose girlfriend is bathing with a Dalmatian or something? Yeah, or a Great then, Dane. Yeah, and he's just like long haired. Andrew W.K. looking yeah. guy combing his hair with a switchblade. His blade. mouth is huge. He's terrified of the black hole sun. The dog is surprised too. The dog's eyeballs <laughs> yeah. get real big. Yeah, you can almost hear the. Huh? Yeah, like it looks like a, a kind of a Dalmatian looking Scooby Doo. Yeah, it does. Um, such a per- I'm I'm so easily frightened as mm-hmm. I think I've discussed so many times. Right, take a drink. Yeah, but I but I love uh, when horror captures nightmares in an accurate way. Because mm-hmm. you, when you see a movie and they have a nightmare scene, it's just like there's too much of a narrative. Mm-hmm. It makes too much sense. But this feels like an honest goodness nightmare where you're well, just everything's just a little bit off. You're not quite sure what's going on. Yeah, when and something then is true sur- horror. Well, when something's surreal, it's a lot creepier than just Freddy Krueger making his little puns at you. Yeah, when you just have everything seems almost normal, but it's just something's off. Yeah, like those, like the eyes are too big and the smile's too wide. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the true horror comes in when the you're sucked into expo- you're sucked into a black hole. You're sucked into a black hole, sun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I literally have nightmares about that all the time. Getting sucked into the sun? Well, just the world ending in general. You do? Yeah, oh, all the time. I mean, we'll have one tonight, thanks to me mentioning it. I'll probably dream about a, a nice, delicious volcanic donut. <laughs> if you're lucky. Uh, the band has this to say about the video. Oh, wow. Uh, it was the director's idea. We didn't like making videos. Oh, that is so perfectly 90s like grunge band. <laughs> yeah. Being just, I don't want to be bothered by fame. Yeah. I don't like music videos. Standing there, lip syncing. I'm just an artist. Yeah, oh, that's that's hilarious. I'm not interested in music videos, I re- but I guess we'll just do it anyway because we'll be millionaires. I really wanted to find more information about the video, more facts, more interpretations. But it all got sucked away. It in all the got black sucked hole. away. Uh, it was directed by a guy named ha- Howard Greenhog. Mm-hmm. who does music videos and advertising. Before this, probably his best-known song that he did a video for was Rhythm is a Dancer by the band Snap. Do you remember that? I, this sounds familiar. It's just one of those 90s, like, sort of proto-techno songs. Mm-hmm. This is like CNC Music Factory that kind, kind of, of thing. Vein. Yeah, yeah. Uh, y'all ready for this type? Totally, yeah. Okay. Exactly that. And I don't know what the video's like. I've heard the song, but... Uh, I'm, I, sh- I'm sure the video is not m- much like Black Hole Sun. This is a good. It's a good record. the The Super Unknown album is is a really good album. Now, what else is on that? Uh, My Wave. That was a single. Uh, 
Da-na-na. Oh yeah. Da-na-na. Yeah. Again, uh, the the describing guitar tones through the radio. Yeah. Uh, there's also oh Spoonman. Oh God, Spoonman might be a bigger hit than Black Hole Sun. That was a huge hit. There's also Super Unknown itself. There was a video for that. In that video, they're just kind of in a room. That must have been more what Soundgarden wanted. They don't yeah. want to make a music video. Just film us standing in a room. And Spoonman, also very 90s. Aren't they in like a decrepit old office building while the Spoonman plays his spoons? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're in like a parking garage where there's stuff. That's like every video. That sounds about right. And then they had uh, Fell on Black Days. Oh, also a huge hit. Boy, again, that's playing on the radio right now somewhere. Yeah, this, this was this was a one of those albums that just goes down in history, you know? Yeah. So it's good. I like it. I like Soundgarden. Yeah, it'd be a fun one to revisit. And yeah, boy, they really endured. Because mm-hmm. I bet if you turn on your classic rock alternative station... There's one in Salt Lake in particular I'm thinking of mm-hmm. that calls themselves alternative and... But, At this point, it's classic rock, but right? Play, it's playing, 25 years old. Playing songs 25 years old and calling it alternative. Yeah, but I guess the nice thing is they never stopped playing these songs. It is it's really not, It's weird. not like they were playing 80s songs back then. Like they played, felt, they played Black Hole Sun when it came out, and they've just kept it. But how it. weird is that? How is it weird yeah. is it to have a radio station playing the most cutting-edge contemporary stuff and then never continuing? Just staying with just that. Just staying yeah. for decades. Yeah, just like, no, this is good. It's weird. And they do well, and they do occasionally play new stuff and when they do I'm like this is crap the kids these days like. Oh, what yeah. is this? Where's, where's your Chris Cornell? Chris Cornell has aged well. He looks about the same. It's been 25 years. He still looks great. And his voice is still great. What does he do? Is Soundgarden broke up, right? They, they got back together. Oh, of course. I think they're on a tour this year. He he did a band with the Rage Against the Machine guys for a while. Oh, yeah, that's right. Audio Slave, I think they're called. Audio Slave, and they did the... They have a music video where there's a bunch of fireworks that I always liked. They're <laughs> on, like, the top of a building under construction, and it's just fireworks shooting oh, yeah. off the whole time. Yeah. And I, I didn't really love the band. I've never heard their album, but I really like fireworks. And he did uh, a James Bond song, right? Yeah, a good one. One of the pretty good James that's Bond. That's probably, the, yeah, the Adele one's really good. Well, I don't know. The Sam James Smith Bond. one's terrible. Oh, God, I hate that one. The, I think of the new James Bond movies with, uh, what's that guy's name? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. His is the best. I think his is Casino Royale. Yeah, and it's called You Know My Name. Mm-hmm. Look it's up a, the number. I have, I have that song on my iTunes. I like it. Uh, oh, yeah. So they got back together in 2010. The end. It's funny to think a reunion was... Six years ago, and that's like a oh, They're that's back. that's the yeah. reunion. That's not the the whole span of the band. Six years. I just remembered this that uh, Temple of the Dog, oh yeah, is uh, going to tour this year for the first time ever. The I'm, I'm no longer hungry tour. I'm I'm not gonna go hungry anymore tour. <laughs> yeah, I'm no longer hungry tour. Well, that was that was a super group with Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder and. Actually, wasn't it just... Oh, yeah, it's, it's three guys from Pearl Jam and two guys from Soundgarden. Which, the drummer... No, four guys from Pearl Jam and two Soundgardens. Or you can even say five guys from Pearl Jam because the drummer of Soundgarden oh, that's right. joined Pearl Jam for about 15 years. Yeah, that's right. I think long enough to be considered the Pearl Jam drummer. No, but wasn't Temple of the Dog... 
wasn't that supposed to be a tribute album for some friend of theirs? Uh, yeah, Doc the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, that he, was the he, whole thing. It fell on some black days, and they yeah. had to. They, <laughs> I don't even know. I've never heard any song besides that. I'm going hungry. Well, they and just he, had that one. It, think about how awful that music video is. On, in that music video, they're down on a beach or something, but it, not like a not like a San Diego beach. They're in like like a an Oregon beach. It's cold. Maybe a beach on the East Coast, but they've got... Well, it'll probably be up in Seattle, right? Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> it's a Seattle beach for sure. Yeah. It's cold, barren, rocky. They've got a bunch of kind of tall weeds, and, they're, and they look like, like Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder look like they're in the weeds taking a shit. <laughs> like if you're on a road trip and you've got to go... And you have no choice, like, pull over, Mom! Pull over now! i got to get out on this rocky beach. i I got to take a shit. And then you just race down, and you find the tall weeds, the only cover you have. And then you just, you know, start saying, I don't mind stealing bread from the mouths of Nicaragua. Uh, I was hoping you'd keep going. I was, I was going to say that. I'm going to say daffodils. I don't know what it says. Daffy ducks. Out of the mouth of daffy ducks. Because you know ducks? how you go to the beach and you feed bread to ducks? I don't mind from the mouths of Daffy Ducks. Because you're not supposed because it's you're not supposed to give bread to ducks because they don't get nutritional value from it, but uh, it fills them up and bloats them. This is true. I'm not making this up. You're I think not this supposed is the to, same as humans, though. As right? much as oh, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> no, they can't. Fun. They can't digest it quite right. So as much as ducks love bread, you're not supposed to give it to them. Again, humans. And again, these gluten. guys, these guys being activists, mm-hmm. they go down to the beach in Seattle with all the ducks migrating up north mm-hmm. from the Arctic, right? <laughs> steal bread from the mouth. Steal bread. I don't mind stealing bread from the mouths of Daffy Ducks because it's good for them. That's probably yeah, it's smart. You, well, if you think about it, you don't want to fill up on bread. Mm-mm. The worst thing is to go to a oh, restaurant. Oh boy, you go to the buffet, the Chuckarama, yeah, fill up on bread. You eat like three rolls, and you have no room for anything else. You're at the old spaghetti factory. You got your bread with the garlic butter and the regular butter. It's the same with ducks, man. Don't even have room for your spumoni. If the ducks fill up on bread, they have no room for bugs. They don't get any of their nutritious bugs, and they've spoiled their dinner. Mm-hmm. So this super group is, really are a super group. They have, they've, <laughs> they've taken that bread. They're eating it. It's not sitting well with them either. They've got to go in the bushes and take care of some business. But at least the ducks are, are, you know, they're feeling good. They're healthy. They're eating their crickets or whatever the fuck ducks eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just... Uh... So glad we're talking about this because I don't want people to think we're just taking a nostalgia bath by enjoying Soundgarden Black Hole Sun because this is like the quintessential like kind of dumb 90s stuff, mm-hmm. Temple of the Dog. Oh, it is. Like everything that was kind of dumb about that era, it, about it's, grunge. It's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit about grunge. Yeah, totally. As you, can almost, you can almost see Mike Myers in the bushes singing. They're looking know? off into the distance with their serious... They're not looking at the camera. They're looking off all serious. Mm-hmm. And you could have you could have Adam I'm Sandler. Hungry. Yeah, Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler before he was big and puffy and fat. Back when he was kind yeah. of like a meathead. Yeah, he could be in the band. You could have. Uh, was this Mike Meyer? That was all pre. Uh, what are their names? The Tommy Boy guys. Chris Farley. Chris and Farley. David Spade. Yeah, this that was a little bit before them, right? You've yeah, got, it was. It was. You, you've got. You could just basically have Wayne and Garth in the band. <laughs> and they could make a top 10 reasons why ducks shouldn't be fed bread. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, another, another problem solved. That's uh, right. How about our final segment of the night, the Degrassi Minute? 
we're getting back on track. The last episode, you remember, I really breezed through. I was not that thrilled with. Mm-hmm. This is season three, episode nine, Food for Thought. Kathleen, I've talked about before. She is the, she kind of looks like a lizard. Mm-hmm. Um, very rude and mean, very arrogant to people. Acts like a lizard also. Acts like a lizard. Here's what we know about her home life, though, is that her mom is a big time drunk. Like stumbling down the stairs. Yeah. Like, she's going to introduce me to your friends, eh? That's right. You've, you've talked about this mother before, too. Yeah. So we start off with this big fight. Dad's a big businessman. He's on the phone and he's like, okay, I'll be there in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. I got to hop a plane. Why didn't you never hear? And uh, he looks at Kathleen and says, she's so skinny. Are you even feeding her? And she's your daughter, too. So they get in this big blowout. Of course, the tea kettle goes off right when the fight peaks. Is, is she skinny? She is skinny. Nice. She runs upstairs and looks in the mirror and says to herself, you're so fat. Oh, I see where this is going. At this point, Brighton realizes, I have seen this before. Really? Yes. I must have seen it in elementary school. Really? That showing, long ago? Yeah, showing this to us about eating disorders. Yeah, I was about to say she should probably herself go steal some bread from some ducks. She could use the bread. She could use it. Absolutely. Then we see her. She's speed walking, and someone's like, what's her age? She's like, I'm exercising. So this is how uh, this home trauma is manifesting itself. Um, Now, in 1989, this was like eating disorders were basically invented then. That's kind of what it seems like. I mean, Karen Carpenter famously... Yeah, she, she died of anorexia. Yeah, but that... And, but I mean, the term... Like, just the, the concept of an eating disorder. Yeah, it's like... Late 80s is like eating disorders, neighborhood watch, McGruff, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Really come to the forefront. AIDS, of course. Right. Um, recycling. Animal testing. And animal testing, yeah. God, a lot of social issues came right to the forefront. Came right huh? to the front right in that time frame. It's yeah. kind of a revolutionary time. yeah. Um, so it's the eve of the science fair. Now there's Alexa. I don't know if I've talked about Alexa, but this whole show, she's looked to be about 24, 25 years old. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of junior high kids, dumb, weird looking little kids. She looks like she's in her 20s. So she is also worried about being overweight. She asked her sort of boyfriend, she says, don't you think I'd look better if I lost five pounds? And he goes, I don't know, I guess. It's a loaded question, man. Exactly. Now, what kind of sucker boyfriend falls for that? Yeah. And she goes, what? You think I'm fat? So what's amateur. Really... What an amateur move. <laughs> oh, totally. That is Simon, though. Yeah, it's classic what a, what a Simon. Clown. So what's strange about this is the Kathleen storyline of her dealing with an eating disorder is taken very seriously, as it should be. Right. The Alexa storyline of her suddenly thinking she needs to lose five pounds is played for laughs. <laughs> so it's very broad. She's running around with wild eyes and saying goofy things while there's, like, wacky, like, synth kazoo music playing. Wait a minute. Like, <laughs> How, like, how, I know, i got to lose five pounds. <laughs> so this, this is a, an issue where they have literally taken both sides on it. Well, and then where they're it, taking it seriously and they're not taking it seriously. Well, and here's the thing. So the two twins are doing their science fair project on anorexia and eating disorders. Okay. One of the twins is going around lecturing everybody on facts about it, while the other one's rolling her eyes going like, oh, look at you, Mrs. Textbook here. Miss Public Service Announcement. This so is, it is. This is sending a crazy mixed message. Yeah, it's way weird. Because then Alexa's Alex like, what? You can lose weight by not drinking water? Give me that book. Oh, it says here there's pills you, if you take laxatives. And the music's like. Bah, 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 bah. What? Synth kazoo I wrote. Oh, man. I, saw, I accidentally saw a band this weekend because I was at a bar and they were playing. They were, they were playing what they call new grass. Oh, and they God. were barefoot. 
Oh, God. You know those Bob Dylan, like, microphone necklace or uh, harmonica necklaces? Yeah. This guy had one of those, but for a kazoo. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Was this taken seriously, or was this for laughs? No, this was, like, serious, like, good old rootsy music. Serious kazoo music? Yeah. I mean, you know, and then there's, like, uh, an acoustic bass and a, a guitar that sounds like a mandolin, and then his kazoo necklace. Did they pull it off? Does the kazoo sound cool? No, or or is no, it a puffy? Cool. Is it a puffy Jay Leno it's leather a puffy jacket? Jay Leno leather jacket. Okay, rocking the kazoo. That's what um, I thought. So Kathleen's friend starts noticing that she never eats lunch. Um, Isn't there a Muppet that plays the kazoo? Isn't there some? Well, that's the the whole song. The whole Muppets theme is done on a kazoo. Oh yeah. Oh, there's also. That. So is one of them playing it? I don't know. Da, 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 da. I feel like it, someone is. There's got to be a Muppet. It's got to be someone in the electric teeth playing the kazoo. Or did the big blue guy with the shaggy hair, did his saxophone just sound like a kazoo? That might be it. You mean, uh, what's his name? Was that, is that Dr. Teeth? It's Dr. No, teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Dr. Teeth is the one with the gold teeth playing the organ. Okay. Um, oh, man, I used to know all their names. Janice is the girl Janice, Yeah, Janice bass plays player. bass. The... The guitarist is named, he's a blues skinned. He plays the blues, I guess. Yeah. His name's like Fats or something. Well, there's the guy with the like long orange mustache. And then the saxophone player is the blue guy who's like, she got shaggy hair and yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, he, he doesn't talk a lot. Yeah. God, what, I used to know all their names. I can't remember the, the guy with the shaggy mustache. <laughs> he, he talks like this. He's like. Yeah. And then, of course, Animal. Of course, yeah. The best rock drummer in the history of rock and roll. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the story at Kathleen's house, she jams a bunch of cookies into her mouth. Like, see, I eat. You can tell I eat. I just ate 10 cookies. Be right back. So you know what happens to those cookies. This is another one that I very clearly remember. I've done that exact same thing. Minus the leaving at the end. Yeah. I eat tons of cookies. I've, I've eaten 10 cookies easily. Oh yeah. 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 I guess we've got a different type of eating disorder. Yeah. yeah, on the other end. Neither one is healthy. Ours is probably not. Ours is more long-term dangerous. It, it's kind of a, a lazier anorexia. Or yeah. I guess bulimia. Bulimia is when you eat something and throw it up. Right. But if you are a lazy bulimic, in my case, you eat 10 cookies, but then you don't want to get off the couch and go vomit. You just want to lay there. <laughs> yeah, but, but you don't want to be fat either. So it's like this, oh, man, I, if only I wanted to get up. <laughs> That's why you just have a, an empty Big Gulp cup. Because you just drink a Big Gulp right before if, the 10 cookies. Right, and then if you're going to spew, spew into this. No, I'm too lazy to even spew. <laughs> I'm glad we're using, again, back to Mike Myers and, and Garth, Wayne and Garth. So, yeah. No one says spew. Spew. No one ever said what, spew. When's the last time? No one, no, not even when that was happening were people using that Wayne and Garth slang. Is that, no did, one ever said blow chunks or spew. Yeah, that's like corporate, like when you hire someone, an old man, it's like when, when you had the old man writing Luke Cage in the 1970s in the comic book. <laughs> he goes, Sweet Christmas. Yeah, when he would say these ridiculous, well, Sweet Christmas is endearing. I love Sweet Christmas. Right. But it's the same idea. You've got an old 60-year-old man who has no idea what teenagers, you know, his only thought of teenagers is those damn teenagers. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we've got to come up with thro- a, th- a term for, for throwing up. And he's like, well, you, they spew it. They spew all this, this damn slang. Why couldn't they spew the contents of their stomach? 
I don't know. Let's get a backup one, though. Blow chunks. Blow chunks. You, you have eaten the food. It is in chunks, bite-sized chunks. You must now blow them. <laughs> like Moby Dick. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so Kathleen, we find out her routine is looking in the mirror and saying, you're so fat. She has a journal. They're always saying, oh, what's she writing about in that journal? She's writing about boys. Her friend takes a peek at the journal, and it's her weight loss journal. And it says, like, goal, must lose 10 pounds by Saturday. You know, eat no more than 600 calories a day. So her She's friend doing goes... doing it the right way. Her That's, friend, <laughs> it's really accountability, all those, all those things they say about weight loss. So her friend goes and tells her other friend, and this blew my mind says, oh, that explains why she's so bitchy all the time. Be- Wait. Just because Be- they said bitchy. Oh, okay. That was kind of a, a, a bit shocking to my uh, it's just like, sheltered it's self. Just, it's just like that. Oh, wait, that, that's, never mind. It's like Adventures in Babysitting when they say don't fuck with the babysitter in a kid's movie. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, there was a, a movie theater that had this coupon book and it was like 10 weeks, and every week you could take the coupon in and watch that week's kids' movie. Oh. And Adventures in Babysitting was one of them. Yeah, no, that was famous because so many people were mad about it. Because I saw, you know, I saw Transformers, the movie, a cartoon. I saw, like, uh, I don't know, a bunch of kids' shows, and then in the middle of it was Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. Which is... Which I love. I liked it back then. Now it horrifies me because it's just such a weird... I reviewed it on one of our old shows because I watched it and was like, this is so dumb. Really? But, yeah, but the don't fuck with the babysitter thing is so weird. I like, I, I really like when kids in movies are smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and doing like stuff that Babe Ruth was doing at the turn of the century. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, I like when, when kids. Which century? Oh, wait a minute. What did I say? You said the turn of the century, but I don't know which one you mean. I, either the 19th, 20th, or 18th. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. Whichever one's closest to 1915. Yeah. But I mean,. There's something really charming about seeing a kid in a movie with a paperboy hat and a cigar <laughs> who's, who's like seven years old. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And that was a big thing in the 80s, too. Yeah. So, uh, so at the science fair, it's really fun seeing everyone in their science projects. Uh, of course, Yik Yu and Arthur build a robot. Mm-hmm. They end up winning. Um, robot dog. The weird Art Garfunkel kid and Scooter, have, they have Jack and Jill, who are two guinea pigs. Scooter's a Muppet, by the way. Yeah, Scooter's a Muppet, and the other Art Garfunkel kid is Art Garfunkel. He's a bobblehead. He's a bobblehead. And, oh, these kids are so weird. It's hard to describe. But so the, the Jill, the female guinea pig, is getting fatter, even though they're feeding her healthy food, and they're feeding junk food to Jack, and they're saying, we're going to revolutionize everything, because now we can have cheesies for breakfast, chocolate for lunch, and licorice instead of lemons. So there's a lot to break down there. First of all, I've had cheesies. They are delicious. Are they? They are a Canadian delicacy. They're like Cheetos, but way better. Better than Cheetos? They're better than Cheetos. I know. I know. That, I don't buy it. No, they're better than Cheetos. I'm drooling over the thought of them right now. No, no. I don't buy it because I'm not in Canada. Right. And I, I, don't, I, I have, don't buy it either. I have to buy Cheetos. Yeah. I don't buy it. You can get them online for like 10 bucks for a pack, that's but like Cheetos those, are 50 cents a pack. Yeah. It's like those Japanese Kit Kats. Yeah. Is it that much better to have green tea chocolate than just chocolate? Right. Especially when you have it for lunch after this revolutionary thing. After this science revolutionary project. thing. So, cheesies for breakfast. I would love cheesies for breakfast. Okay. Licorice instead of lemons. I assume they're referring to licorice aid, which is a licorice flavored oh. lemonade. 
Oh, so it's an alcoholic Jägermeister? Yeah, basically. It's a really simple process. You just make lemonade, but you use licorice instead of lemons. Okay, that makes sense. That's just what I wanted to ask you about, because I wasn't it's, sure. It's like the old saying, when life gives you licorice, you make licorice-aid. Oh, You've heard that's that. what that means. Yeah. That's what that means. You okay. just thought it was someone having a stroke. No, it's, it's a real saying. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, it, the teacher's like, I think I know why Jill, the female guinea pig, is getting larger. Why don't you test this out again after she's had the babies? Oh, man. Yeah, so no licorice instead of lemons for those kids. Uh, They're going to have to stick with their lemons. Talk about stealing someone's thunder, letting the uh, air out of their balloon. So Kathleen, who has been uh, not eating, purging, working out real hard, and mm-hmm. taking laxatives... Mm-hmm has a complete mental breakdown at the science fair. She's acting like someone on speed. She's losing it. Um, they don't win the science fair, and then she freaks out. She's sobbing in the hallway. In, a, the in, a, weird scene, in yes. a weird scene that was obviously done with uh, where they recorded the dialogue later, because she sounds weirdly like, like, uh, sounds present, like, you know, like more oh. like this than, than uh. like, you know, and not... Like the way the whole rest of the episode's recorded. No, so it ends with, of course, her screaming, I don't need help. I don't have a problem. And then... Yeah, that's what I expected. I'm starting to get the hang of Degrassi. I'm, yeah, you're really starting I'm, to pick I'm up on this. I'm getting the idea that her collapsing in the hallway, crying about and saying I don't have a problem in denial of her very severe problem. Yeah, very good scary, time, very Good time to end problem. this. Like, we're done with this topic yeah. forever. Well, that's, that is it. And, you know, that's going to be, uh, if I have a beef with this show, it's that... A lot of these serious things are never addressed again. Never again. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they come back. Sometimes they're just hinted at. But a lot of the time it's this, I mean, maybe that's life. It is life. I, I was that's about, to, true. I was about yeah. to say that to you. I was about to say, well, that's pretty much exactly how real life is. Yeah, no, yeah, you're, right. You're, you're right. Nothing works out. Everyone's got their secret issues. You know, people are, you know, go, walk around wearing their house on their shoulders, as the old saying goes. Exactly. Well, join us in our house, worldchampionpodcast.com, worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. Go to Facebook and find us. Of course, we're on Instagram and Twitter. We're Smogville Fair. Please rate and review us in iTunes and tell your friends. That's the only way we're going to get out there. No one is going to be searching for Snails versus Knights and find our podcast. Right. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell, tell the local guy at the bar. Yeah, absolutely. And then have them lay down and be home. Right. But we appreciate that, and uh, we'll be back probably, I don't know, next week? In exactly seven days. Yeah, that's typically how we do it. Good night. Yeah.